0: I'll be too nervous to. i am probably lost for words. Hello, and welcome to this week's Lost Words podcast. I'm joined today by co host Jason. Jason, hello. How you doing? Tell me right. Yeah, good. And we've got Will Wilcox as well, uh, Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour player, uh, winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. Hello, Will.
1: Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you
0: for joining us. So,
1: Will, we've got a we've got a lot to
0: unpack today. I think you know, just going to go as we've just been speaking off air, It's, it's a, a rags to riches story. You don't want to call it riches, but it is. Uh, you know, it's uh, you had an excellent career to this point, and uh, I think you're now at a sort of place where you're ready to go again at a sort of maybe a second part of your career, if you like.
1: Definitely yeah. I mean it's I, I had a good good uh, run on the on the tour, and I sure do miss it um but uh but yeah it's definitely by no means the riches, but uh, I, def- I live in the southeast, so life is fairly cheap down here, and I'm just glad I saved uh, as I'm searching for the game
0: <laughs> we we so you had a, a sort of quick start into your uh, golfing life obviously your, your parents were big into golf and your mom actually works at UAB if I'm correct
1: she was the coach there for 17 years yeah and and but before that she worked for 10 years at a golf course um she stopped doing the coaching in 18 and now she's in administration in the um like hospital side of uab which is a you know kind of a big medical school and uh but yeah mom's uh she's a birmingham alabama golf hall of fame member so you know she's had a pretty sweet little uh, golf career
0: (laughs) absolutely and and from a very early age, you were sort of influenced by that and spent a lot of time at the golf course each day.
1: Yeah, just rode with her to the, to uh, work every day. And, I mean, unfortunately, the course has been closed since 2012, but um, a lot of the courses in Alabama, you know, they overbuilt over here so much. So, uh, you know, the after 08 hit and nobody had that expendable income in the southeast, uh, a lot of the courses have closed. But, um, but yeah, she, she kind of had the golden era from like 1990 to 2000 is when golf was really popping in uh Alabama where I'm from.
0: yeah and do you think that uh, I've sort of read some interviews yourself and I think you, you're into several sports as a as a youngster but um you quickly realize that you kind of had to dedicate yourself to golf maybe because of a lack of size for other sports
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I I played, um, soccer, um, or football, you know, um, Americans and British people always have that conversation (laughs) that that always comes up. I'm I'm Um, open
0: to soccer. It's okay. We won't judge you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Kids on my, uh, it was me and four Scottish dudes on my, uh, starting squad at, uh, at college at my D2 school. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I wasn't a very big, big dude. And, um, you know, now I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm the heaviest I've ever been, and I'm 165. When I got my card, I was 135, and that I was like 26. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Really, to because uh, it th- was it baseball as well. you were quite into it from an early age.
1: Yeah, I quit when I was about 12 or 13. I mean, once once the pitches started coming in at you know an accelerated speed, I had no chance. I mean, and I uh, couldn't cover a lot of ground with my short legs. <laughs>
0: And when, when did you realize then that you were ready to um, maybe go to UAB as a, as a college player and when sort of the aspirations to become a professional?
1: Um, probably 2008. Um, I mean, you know, I went to UAB 0405 and, you know, Graham McDowell had just finished. Um, I believe, yeah, he left early and uh, there was a couple Welsh guys on my team um, and, uh, the UAB thing was short lived, but, uh, over at Clayton state, um, I was winning tournaments and then I won the Alabama amateur and, uh, got into some other big, um, amateur events, but basically just in the Southeast, cause I, you know, I got exempt into some up like the sunny Hannah, but it's, it's so expensive to play amateur golf over here. Um, I played over there actually four times uh, in, on the Scottish kind of amateur uh, circuit order merit events. And I played the British Am too. I was blown away how uh, inexpensive everything is over there. You know, you can get into the British Am for like 50 bucks.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't, um, wouldn't believe it if you spoke to people over here about the cost of golf, but
1: <laughs> yeah, you yeah, got it, got it going on over there. But, uh, but yeah, I, when I won the Alabama Am and it was like 13, 14 under us, when you start shooting double digits under par, um you know it definitely enters your brain and then my backer tim um uh, who's my uh best buddy's dad he offered to back me because the hooter store hooter, hooter store was still killing it at that point so it was just a good time to turn pro um oh nine
0: yeah and so jason i know you wanted to obviously speak yeah. a little bit about um will's time at uab and, and you know going over to clayton state as well
2: yeah i'm just i mean Will. obviously you know we were yeah whatever it is, you said it's fine to talk about it. Obviously, through the later teens, I suppose, you know, you mentioned Mm -hmm. that you was a bit of an idiot at college. You was at the wrong place at the wrong time. It happens to plenty of people, obviously. Um, um, So, you know, we'll gloss over that. But, you know, just for people to know what happened, you know, um, your relations with your family, obviously, at that time um, weren't going particularly well. And just to put it into context, you said you applied to get into the Navy in 2006. And the way you say it, they would take you and they take anybody is how you say it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. I've become friends. I live in Columbus, Georgia now, and this is a huge military, uh, you know, base here Fort Benning and I'm friends with a bunch of military folks. And, and they're just blown away by the fact that I've tried to get into the, <laughs> to the military just cause you know what their life is. So they look at me like I'm some kind of like golfing God, you know, which I, <laughs> You know, when you're when you're a five or six handicap and you're hanging out with somebody that you know played on the tour, I mean, I, I can I can see where they're coming from, but you know, I I am impressed by their lives just as much, lives just as much as they're impressed with you know what I've accomplished. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I tried to get in the navy in 06, maybe 05. and that uh, yeah, I had a pending like you know drunken driving charge thing, so it was uh yeah, they didn't let me in. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> Just just just
2: to bring up, you know, when you when you move from um, Alabama to Clayton State, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the story is I've only read read what I've read. So I'd rather it come from you. It looks like it's literally a freak break. So your dad meets Barry Harwell, who's the, who's the coach there, I believe. Um, yep. and, and how do you go from playing no golf for uh, 20 years old, literally, um, and, and really down the bottom, to be honest, to, yeah. to literally getting a full scholarship uh, from Clayton State? What was the process of that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I was a, I was a good junior player and, you know, I was still, um, you know, obviously young and, uh, I averaged 73 and change at, um, at UAB in the, in the four or five tournaments that I played. So like averaging 73 point, whatever it was, um, that's a big deal in division two. I mean, you know, if you average 75 or better, you'll be an all American in division two, just because the talent pool isn't very deep, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the coach over there needed a break. He had kind of inherited a team. You know, there was guys in the qualifying that would shoot 100-plus. So, you know, oh. the, the previous coach was in his late 80s. And uh, um, and so the team, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to travel around and, and, and actually find players. So, yeah, it was kind of a, a struggling program. And then when he found out from my dad, who has been running golf tournaments for 12 20 years now um i've actually been helping him run some junior events in the offseason just because you know, i like talking to the parents and the kids and stuff but um yeah it was a pretty cool little deal i mean i was just scraping the bottom hardly played at all i probably played once a month for you know about a year and uh you know just because i couldn't afford it um and uh couldn't afford anything um i just ate at the restaurant that i worked at but um <laughs> Yeah, it was uh it was just a huge break. I mean, my my dad and I's relationship was strained at the time and then they were like uh he was like I ran into this coach that was um recruiting at the event that I was running and you know, I mentioned that you were you know, a good junior player and so the guy was just like I'll give him another chance, you know. I mean, uh, so he came down there and offered me a a full ride. He gave me, you know, he gave him my cell phone number and then the guy called me like immediately and uh He's like, you know, do you want to play golf again? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so you're laughs> I'm good. ready. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready to not be being, you know, the the salad spinner, you know, <laughs> doing prep cooking for $5 an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. But the um, how difficult, I don't know if it made any difference because obviously it was a difficult period of your life anyway with what you went through at UAB and things like that, but was, did it become even more difficult because obviously your mum had worked there for so long and, and was such a big part of the program that you know, did it kind of felt like you'd let her down in any way, anything like that at all?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing sucked. I mean, you know, it just to to work from six years old to eighteen to try to get a ride, to a D one school, and then to get a really good one, um and then to have that taken away. You know, I mean, it definitely didn't look good on my mom, although she kept her job for another, you know, thirteen years after that. So it didn't it didn't affect her job necessarily, but it was definitely embarrassing to her. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I was humiliated. You know, my, my family was definitely, uh, you know, we were hanging our heads pretty hard. I mean, because I was, I was like the second-ranked junior in the state of Alabama and, um, you know, full ride to this second, third biggest school in the state. Um, you know, I couldn't go to Auburn because Patton Kazire, uh, he, he took up all the scholarship money. And then the other kid that was in my graduating class, Gator Todd, he, uh, he took up all the money at Bama. And so I had to go to you know the third option UAB, but um yeah it was it it sucked. I mean you know especially at eighteen nineteen years old you know you have, you feel like the world's ending you know that every slight misstep it feels like everything's crumbling. Whereas you know maybe I mean if I was to get a DUI now it wouldn't be good, but um but you know you just back you know when you're a kid you don't take it in stride very well. You just think my life's over.
0: Yeah absolutely. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that Obviously, there was a bit of an immaturity there to even get into trouble in the first place. But then when you're not uh, of an age and and you've not been through life experience, I suppose you have literally no idea. I suppose the reality kicks in that you can't keep doing things like this anymore. And like you say, you maybe thought you'd never played golf, not just professionally, but just, you know, at all. Because like you say, you couldn't even afford to do it recreationally.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the courses in Auburn, you know, I would have just friends that were older than me that had jobs take me out and you know they would pay for the rounds just because i mean i you know they wanted to play with me because obviously i was a decent player and we you know um we're from the same town and things just get you know auburn university is a huge school so i knew a lot of people that went there but but yeah i mean it, it, it sucked I, I had no clue that i'd ever get a chance again I, that didn't even cross my mind and then when they were like you know you you know like in hindsight you I was a good player, even though I hadn't played in a while. And of course a division two school would have wanted me, but I I didn't even look down that path at all. I was just like, okay, golf's over. Um, which is what my dad told me. I mean, dad's a, he's a tough love guy. So, I mean, he was just like, he's like, you screwed this up. It's over. I was like, all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You start to believe that, don't you? And, and you know, how far do you think that really set you back? Because obviously although you perform well at Clayton state and, and as you touched upon just before we got into this, is that you went on to the Hooters tour and you were successful there. But do you think if you'd have carried on as you were at UAB and the trajectory you were on that the tour would have just happened sooner?
1: Um I mean, I really think I needed something big and life changing to happen. I mean, I really I don't I don't think so. I mean, I was too immature to to pursue anything. I mean, I just was hanging out with my you know, no nobody at my school went to college, you know, where I grew up, nobody Nobody aspires to be anything more than you know somebody just kind of scraping by in their home in the hometown. Um, so like, yeah, I, I I had absolutely no prayer at UAB. I was way too close to home and um, and just took it for granted. So yeah, I mean you know I, I used to think about that because uh, UAB has better facilities, you know it's a better program, bit bigger tournaments, you know, but but I really think it took something kind of earth shattering to kind of like jolt me back into reality
0: yeah absolutely and jason you would obviously want to talk about the hooters tour as we, as we go on to that yeah i mean
2: um, i was uh, i mean we've interviewed ryan from monday q info who you probably know yeah. who covers all the all the mini tours yeah he says he says that you know you both get on well and he he, he just just sort of released a little snippet i think when you you won twice didn't you on the hooters tour and uh yeah yeah you know, I, I, I,
1: I won two of the big ones. One in the um, winter series, which was still big. I beat like Ted Potter, Rob Oppenheim, Russell Knox. But yeah, yeah, I won two like the main series.
2: I mean, Ryan says Ryan says uh, there was an event at Rock Barn in North Carolina.
1: Um, yeah, he, he was caddying in the
2: lead. Uh, you were in the lead as well in the leading group, blowing forty mile an hour. The average of the day is seventy seven plus. The guy yeah. he caddied for shot eighty six, and you shot either sixty nine or seventy. Um, yeah, it was it's a freezing. different gear.
1: Cold, windy. I mean, I was playing so well at the time. I, I actually, I, I'm, I know I've met Ryan and we've exchanged, you know, messages on just because I think what he's doing is awesome. Mm, absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, that guy, man, he's got a great appreciation for the game. I, I didn't realize how close he was to it. It
2: was it was it was down to him, actually, that um, during the lockdown over here and when golf wasn't taking place, apart from obviously over in Arizona and places like that. It's yeah. down to him that the tournament's got they got any recognition really over here. Um, you know, yeah. British golf, I mean, we are, the British golf lot are a bit strange anyway. Um, yeah. We'll have a look at, we'll have a look at anything. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Tom will, Tom will back me up here. Once, once Ryan got it going, that's how we, we sort of got introduced to Noah Hoffman and people like that and started following Joel Damon on his on his bizarre rounds and stuff like that. Um, so Ryan's yeah. doing a cracking job. But he, yeah, he yeah. says, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, mate. He says yeah. that at the time you were very intense on the course. Now that's... Oh that's different isn't it to how obviously you've appeared over the last couple of years
1: yeah I was 23 and oh man I was I was a wreck I mean every shot I lived and died by every shot and and um and I and I you know I almost wish I still you know I I had that in me I mean I had a lot more fire a lot more drive I mean I'm working out and you know going hard at it but I'm just amazed how you know Tiger and you know Rory and Justin Rose and all the greatest players in the world. How, uh, despite all their unbelievable success on and off the course, how they can still be motivated. And uh, but that back then, I was just as motivated as anybody could be. And uh, and I had a really bad temper. Um, I was super intense. And now I'm not really. Um, and you know, I, I I think you gotta have. Obviously, you need some of that that fire, Bryson. John Rahm, I mean, all those guys are are very intense and, mm. and I think that's a good thing.
0: And that's yeah, the thing, isn't it? is making sure it doesn't boil over because, like you say, you do need that intensity to get the amount of wins. Obviously, you won an awful lot as an amateur and, and in college and things like that but, uh, and, and as we're going to go on throughout the, the career here is that you, generally speaking, there wasn't really a year in your career where you didn't at least have a chance to win. Okay, you didn't win every year, but you were always putting yourself in positions. So I guess that intensity led you to being down that path.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tyrell Hatton. How about how about him? Um, <laughs> he, I guess that's how you pronounce the name. Um, he is so intense, and people love him for it. And uh, you know, it's it's gotten to points where people uh, maybe get a little frustrated with him, but man, you can't argue with the su- success. And um, and um, what an up and coming British player he is. Well, wow. um, but yeah, I, I need, I need some more of that fire for sure. And, and I hope, uh, oh, I can kind of regain a little bit of it over the next couple of months. It's
2: Hi. interest. Sorry, Tom. It's interesting. The difference, as you say about Tour because when he was over here before he obviously went over on the PGA tour, um, he's, if you can call it intensity, if you want, but he yeah. used to get the raving up on the greens. I mean, absolute raving. And um, it was his downfall. He could never let it go. I mean, I've, You know, when you get that intense over a shot and there's a mistake and that's fine. And we see it all the time, obviously. um, When you get that intense, you need to leave that shot behind. Otherwise, you carry it through, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I even, I mean, I would, I I had a very unconventional uh, mental attitude. I mean, when I was working hard and knew I was going to play well, I mean, I I generally did. um, But but yeah, yeah, I, I would be super pissed off uh, for holes, and and I, I'd make birdies. I mean, it, it was. I now I just kind of like whatever, you know. I mean, I, I uh, this year with the pandemic was was definitely. I'm just trying to to forget it for the most part. But but yeah, I mean, I was very nonchalant um, about everything about my poor play this season. Um, whereas in the past, it would have been like. You know, I would have been very, very bummed about it, but I just kind of let it roll off. Now, um, maybe day to day mentally, that's better. But, but yeah, I mean, you y- in the ropes, you gotta, you gotta have that fire and you gotta be hungry. So, um, it uh, I almost played better the more pissed off I was.
0: But that's the thing, isn't it? Is trying to find that fine balance. And the thing I was going to say is, how hard is it? Because, um, you know, you've got a, a massive following on social media, especially Twitter. Um, for your how how much you interact with the the fantasy community and the betting community and how approachable you are in that aspect and that you know entails you being a fun loving character and things like that but how hard is it then to kind of revert back to the intensity and and the winning mode that that you almost need to get back into to be where you want to in your game
1: um i mean i i really gained all the following on twitter uh on the big tour and and, uh, and i kind of just almost took it a little too far because some weeks I'd be like, I'm playing good guys, you know, and then, <laughs> then I'd miss the cut by one shot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just liked I just noticed that got me a deal with draft games. I mean if I was still playing well I think the ceiling there was no ceiling on my uh, marketability but, but now that I'm not playing as well it's obviously not as good. But but yeah, I mean I, I definitely like to joke around. I mean, you know that it kind of depends depends on back then it depended on what mood you got me in i mean there were some guys that i played with that loved me and then other guys that hated me just because if i was having a bad round i was just i was just a total prick but um but yeah, I mean the uh, the social media stuff's always been fun. I'm I'm not I'm I'm on Instagram, but I I deleted it off my phone, and I'm not gonna post anything or say anything on Instagram and I play well again. Um, <laughs> that's that's a fact. Just Instagram, that's a little different. Twitter, I like to joke around as mm. much as possible.
0: Do you think that because for me, when I see we've got a uh, Andrew Johnson over here we call him beef, and
1: yeah, um, you know, we've got
0: we've got guys like that, and Harry Higgs is another one that. That sometimes i think that and maybe you're a little bit the same that people once you've shown that little bit of willing to be fun and interact that is kind of expected you expected of you full time so if you're not in your best day and you wake up and maybe you know life's not going your own way let alone the golf um is it hard then to put on the face and the kind of because i know it's not a persona that you've put on on social media that is who you are but i suppose sometimes it's hard to live up to the expectations of that maybe
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, you know, your mood in professional sports, it's almost dictated by how things are going. I mean, the self-deprecating stuff is, is pretty funny. Um, so that, that's always a good attitude I think to, to have, unless you're like seriously depressed or something. Um, (laughs) and what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, people expect one thing and, you know, I think when I, I play with these younger guys now, I mean, um, I, I like playing with the guys that are closer to my age because, you know, they know who I am and these younger guys uh, don't. And, um, you know, I definitely don't have the like if I play with like a Lucas Glover, you know, we can we can have a great conversation all whole time. But 80 percent of the Corn Fairy Tour, I, I don't I have nothing to say to them. I mean, mm, just because yeah. they're, so, they're so young and, um, you know, it's just not very it's just weird. Like now being on the corn Ferry tour, like I, it's just not as, it's not like it was when I was 25 or six, just because the average age is so much younger and I just don't know any of them. And all of them are really good friends and I'm just kind of this like older guy. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's better than, than I I wouldn't want any other job, but, but it's still, um, you know, I've definitely got some proving to do. And, and, um, I, I need to, uh, you know, get a little more free out there. It's just not as many of my friends are out there. So it's it's not as as exciting. So I'm definitely a little, a little quieter now than I uh, used to be just because I, I still don't know anybody.
0: Yeah, do think, does that, sorry. sorry.
1: Does that, does that
2: affect – I mean, we haven't asked any of our people we've interviewed. I don't have – does that affect the way you play? I mean, I wouldn't have thought it did. But do you look at, like, um, you know, the timesheet and you go – oh I'm you know I'm playing with this or this and does it affect it shouldn't do but does it affect your mental attitude or if you're going around a course and you've got nothing to say to anybody would you play a? I know you say you'd play free if you were playing with Lucas or somebody like that or somebody from their era as opposed to two 18 year old supposed superstar college stars does it yeah
1: they're so much different they they, they've they've had it driven into their brains you know Mm. like you're going to make it, you know, and, and, and all these guys, are, they, you can tell they've been working out since they were, you know, in third exactly. grade and and uh, they're so intense now and they they have these like, you know, pre-shot routines and they all have track man and everything oh. is just so analytical and um, it's just so much different. I mean, back when I first turned pro, I mean, there, people were having beers, you know, that, like when you go, went down to Panama to this tournaments in Central America, you know, that was there was a lot of gambling going on. Everybody was having a good time. <laughs> and now, like, you know, there's none of that. And, and you know, I always had a great time, you know, having a couple of beers with, with my buddies after the round and, and everything. Uh, now, I mean, I would say, you know, I bet 70, 75% of the guys don't even, you, you won't see socially at all. And um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it affects well play but it definitely doesn't make me like wake up in the morning and i'm like oh man i can't wait to get out there <laughs> whereas i used to be like itching to get to the course i was like that's that's my happy place and and it's just you know when you don't have nearly as many uh good friends out there it definitely i'm probably a little too emotional about it you know what i mean i like being mm. surrounded by people that i'm you know have to have things in common with but um and and i've always thought you know hey we're all golfers let's just kind of like talk but but they're so focused and they're and they're just head down or head up and you know they're just uh it's just a different vibe now. It really is. I mean it's just amazing these kids like how prepared they are and just like how much different they are.
0: Well I think that segues quite nicely to what I was gonna say is that do you think it's a completely different tour now like before obviously we we're talking about so you came off the saw you played in Canada for a little while, won there made made the web.com and obviously played well and that is obviously a path and that is the journey to the pj tour but to these guys now because they're coming out so prepared from college it's kind of just seen as a means to an end as opposed to its own tour it's kind of like a, it generally feels like a stepping stone now whereas like okay well i'll win and hopefully I'll just win three times in the season get on I know that's everybody's that's always been everybody's aim but does it not like no one seems to kind of enjoy that kind of grind that there is now it's kind of a you're just in the way until i get to the big show
1: type thing I would definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely say that. I mean, they do get – I think they get a lot more money out of school now. Um, and, uh, you know, they, the, they're they more of investments. And, and even when it comes to the reps, um, the reps don't really want to have a lot to do with a guy that's fallen back. Um, and uh, not not that – I mean, I still – I think the Corn Fairy is awesome. I mean, like, it's, it's as – if I would have just played out there and kept my card, five or six times and or whatever and then i went and got a job i would have been fine with that you know and then when i got to the tour um i was like oh wow this is this is like this is actually something but um but yeah it's uh it's definitely just kind of in the way of most people whereas you know i thought i think the corn Ferry tour is awesome I mean, you know that you got the you got the cameras out there sometimes the courses are solid and uh you know, the money's all right. I mean, I, I live in the Southeast. Like, I mean, it doesn't cost anything to live here. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, if I make 10 grand for one tournament, I'm like, this is the best. And I have a I have a great backer that, so I don't have much expenses. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I look at the Cornberry tour, like, you know, an accomplishment, whereas I would say that a lot of the guys don't.
0: Yeah, and I think is that maybe then, like you say about people dropping back. Obviously, you've been there. You've been to the PGA Tour. You competed at the highest level, uh, and a lot of people when they when they drop down, maybe a bit later on in their career, they kind of see the Corn Ferry Tour as below them, don't they? And I think you're actually seeing it still, not only as an opportunity, but you're you're happy to be there. And if you can if you can play there, and obviously again, everyone wants to be at the PGA Tour level, but. But I suppose it would be easy, in a sense, for you to go right. Well, I'm going to make everything I can of you know these starts I get and these tournaments I play in, because it isn't somewhere, you know, like we said with with the college guys, they're they're just seeing it as a as a stepping stone, as a as a hindrance. Whereas you're seeing it as an opportunity to play good golf and enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, where I come from, like people are, you know, if you that's a that's still a very high level, and you know, I mean, it's the third whatever something biggest tour in the world. And, um, it's, uh, well maybe like fourth or something that Japan and the Asian tour, that's a pretty big deal. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's still a really cool, cool deal. And you can, um, you can make a little bit of cash out there and you're, you know, you're playing golf for a living and you get to travel around the States and, um, South America and Central America. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely to me, uh, it's still a pretty neat accomplishment. I mean, I, I'd love to get my last year or my fifth year on the tour. Is in your then you're vested, but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different vibe. It's a much different vibe than it was when when I first uh, turned.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jason. We're going to talk about the the 2010 season where uh, where Will played in Canada.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you know, played excellent. Won the uh, Dakota Dunes Casino. He um, had a 64-66 over the weekend. I mean, this is really just continuing. I suppose your junior form, isn't it? Let's forget the rough years. You, you've now had three or four years back on, back on, if you like the big time or whatever, whatever level yeah. you're on 64, 66 over the weekend, you beat Josh Greary, who um, I noticed was in the, in the field there um, on a sponsor's exemption. Yeah. Um, what I noticed, and I, and we'll go through 2011 soon. What I noticed on that, first of all, that must've been a, a, you know, a fantastic day for you winning. Um, but I've noticed that throughout those early years, 210, 211, uh, 2011 and then going on you'd never give up on a tournament so you're 20th 6th then first first uh, per round when you win the Dakota Dunes you go to 2011 you've gone from 73rd to third when you're third behind Russell Henley and then 22nd to third in the in the tour uh sorry at Mexico um yeah I noticed you never gave up back then it, it do you do you still have that intensity now I mean you sound like you do um but that, that's I can go on through for all the years and we probably will do at some point if you haven't got to go off. Um, yeah, there seems to be this reoccurring theme of yours that you just don't give up.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely, definitely in my earlier years, I mean, I, I always seemed to, that one really big year I had on the tour. Um, I mean, I, normally my nerves were, were so intense and um not not that they're not now but back then I, I just had so much speed um but anyways the first two days was more just like disaster control and then once I made the cut then it was like okay now you're in the money you accomplished the first goal um now let's try to just go low um whereas if I if I could have had that mentality the first two days and you know maybe I could have won the tournament by more shots but but yeah like Winning that tournament in Canada was just such a huge bonus. I mean, I, I just I couldn't believe that that happened. Because um, when I when I landed in Saskatchewan, um, I didn't I wasn't even in the tournament yet. But my sponsor was uh, they they told me to fly up there. Um, Strixon did, and then they, and they said you know by by the time you're there, you'll definitely be in. Then I got there and like you're not in, and then by like <laughs> later on Monday, it, it was wild. Uh, and then later on Monday um they were like okay we we actually got you a spot so anyways i you know i wasn't even hard in the damn tournament and then they um they um got me in and man that feels you know a decade ago now but that was one of the coolest deals ever and my my caddy for the week was a local a uh, native kid and um he Got too drunk on Saturday and couldn't come. He didn't. She didn't show up. Did, didn't didn't show up. And we're in the last group leading. And then he shows up on the back nine. And I had this uh, just old member fella who caddied for me to this day. I I think about that guy. He actually gave me two hundred and fifty bucks. And I, I won forty grand. Um, and uh, forty grand Canadian. Um. But uh. But yeah, like that was just a, a really wild week. I didn't have to pay caddy. Um, and I didn't have to do, you, you know, uh, yeah. I got to keep everything. It was awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that definitely, my weekend score is all when I'm playing well. The weekend is always a lot freer than, than Thursday Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I
2: mean, you arrive. You arrive. Obviously, you um, arrive on the Confer in 2011, and it's, it's a great first year, isn't it? Two thirds, twelfth in the Tour Championship. Um, you, you must have felt that you you know, like you say the Fairy or web.com or whatever it was called back then, you know, that was a deal. Um, that yes. must've, that must you must've then thought all those years now are worth it. I'm on my way.
1: Definitely. And I mean, well, 2011 was, was, I was like ninth in July and the tour didn't end to like October then. So, cause there was no wraparound yet. And, um, yeah, I had a weird thing happen in Mexico and, um, that just kind of got in my head and I, you know, I kind of felt like other players were kind of against me. Like it sent, and it, it was proven to be bullshit, but I like, I had this guy say that I like moved my mark, like, you know, a dimple to the left to get around the divot. And then they came and said something to me when I was on the first tee on Sunday. And, uh, this, this happened Friday, like morning, and they didn't say anything until Sunday afternoon. So obviously if, if, if somebody really thought I'd done something wrong, they would have brought it up like in the, you know, at least 48 hours after it happened. Um, yeah, it was, it was wild. And and so I should have gotten my card that year, but, um, but yeah, I got in the U S open that year as well. And, um, but yeah, yeah, I I should have got my card that year and I was playing really, really well, but then I had that crazy thing happen down in Mexico and I felt like, you know, the world was against me and I, and I just kind of like tapered off and, and just stopped you know, I just I stopped playing in that many events, too, just because I was like, screw these guys, you know, um, right. and I knew I had my card for the next year. So I was like, hey, I'll just see. Yeah, I'll just get it next year. Um, but uh, which is a crazy thought. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyways, that um, it, that year, I, I should have gotten it that year. But uh, yeah, I missed a lot of cuts to finish that season when I was I was man, I was right there. So uh, but I still got it in 13. So, I, you know, it all came full circle.
2: How was that US Open experience?
1: Um, a little much. Um, a little much. It, you know, I was in DC, and um, those those fans are pretty cutthroat up there. And um, you know, I remember getting heckled. And you know, I I'd, I was playing on the Hooters tour like a couple of weeks before that. And then you get out there, and you're in front of tens of thousands of people. And uh, that was met, the year McElroy won. And uh, it was just a, a wild week. I mean, it was cool. But to see pictures of myself from that week, I mean, you know, my clothes didn't fit me. And, you know, I just looked like I had no idea what I was doing, even though I was hitting it pretty good. But, you know, I just it was more of just a party for my friends and family and me.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose it's a case of, of feeling like you belong, isn't it? Like you've been speaking about, and um, but but actually, just uh, the start prior to that was was the Rex Hospital opened, and uh, we've had Carl Thompson on the podcast, and he he won that week. But you talk about your weekend rounds and, and starting off a little bit slowly. You shot a sixty-eight on the, on the opening round, which was was right up there, and then you just had a bad second round and shot a seventy-three, and then you sort of fought your way back over the weekend. Did, did, did you ever think, was that kind of like a catalyst to anything at all? Maybe where you felt like you could show up that weekend and really push for the title? Because you only finished four shots back after a, you know, a tough second round.
1: At the Rex that year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew like if I made the cut, um, I think the good year I had on the tour, I think I improved my position from Saturday to Sunday. Um, I think 100% of the time on the cuts that I made. So, so I mean, if I made a cut in my early years, it was like I have a chance to win no matter where I was. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just I, I basically just fought nerves. Like the ability and the talent was there, and the only thing that kept me from winning was my my brain. And then um, uh, yeah, I mean, if I made cuts, like I mean, sixty-seven on Sunday was bad. You know, at the time, like I you know I was I was trying to shoot sixty-five or better on Sunday every time and just see yeah, how it shook out. But I'd always have one bad round. Um, and then in 13 I kind of fit, everything kind of came together but um, but yeah I mean it, you know when you're playing well the only thing that's going to stand in your way is your mental game and uh, that definitely was the case at that point
0: yeah so we go, we fast forward to that uh, 2013 victory and you talk about uh, nerves obviously being a big impact. I mean, you had a, a pretty decent lead, I think, going into that final day, and you shot 66-63 on the, uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, you shot 73 in the final round. Was that purely nerves? Because obviously you are striking the ball well.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing with nerves there. Um, and that was with a hole-out shot um, <laughs> from like 140 or something. I hold a shot from 197 on saturday so i had two hole out saturday sunday but i took a seven shot lead and i swear all i could think was are you going to be the moron that loses a seven <laughs> yeah. shot?" because um, yeah. it's great you know great position position to be in obviously but if you're that moron that loses that lead like you know what i mean like that that could be a very detrimental thing to your confidence so you know just that's so negative um and uh but yeah i uh, i definitely i definitely i tried to lose that tournament but but i was hitting it so good that it it eventually took care of itself
0: and that's the thing isn't it you're protecting yourself against what i suppose could because had you have lost that event um which you were trying to almost talk yourself into um that i suppose i don't think it would have done but it could ruin a career couldn't it it could you know make you think that you don't belong and, and you're not good enough
1: mentally yeah i mean it definitely can can screw you over um I definitely, um, when I went, like, it was just floodgates after that. Um, and, uh, but I've really, I've struggled with all kinds of stuff, you know, having, enjoying my success a little too much. I've had, I've had a lot of issues like that and, uh, in 13, just everything came together and I made, I think every cut, but the first one. And, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, if, you know, my, my career has just been a bunch of checkpoints and, you know, if you, You get past this one then then everything gets a little little easier and you know i always thought once i keep my card once then it's going to be easier to keep it the next time or or whatever you know and then and that's that's what golf's always been to me like you know just just keep on pushing keep on getting better and then the last couple uh since i fell off the tour like 18 i should have gotten my card but didn't i just barely missed it and then 19 was an injury year but um well, yeah, I um, honestly, I just I've always been a guy that when I was playing my best, what what really held me back is when I'm playing my best and I have a good finish. I don't play the next week because I'm off boozing with my friends.
2: <laughs> oh, so yeah. you
1: can't not talk about
2: 2013.
1: <laughs> Willie, if you get bored with this conversation, I'm
2: really sorry, but it's it's part of your career. So we have to talk about it. the 59 yeah. at Utah. Yeah. You know,
0: he's probably sitting up, there going, "Why are you not asking me about that?" No, no, no yeah, yeah, of course is going. Listen,
2: you know who I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hit seventy-one to put you out of the tournament on the third round because that's that's yeah. the worst round by some considered, like you know, out of the top, God knows how many. So you're out of the yeah. tournament. You go into round four, and obviously everything just goes perfect for you. I mean, is, is there a different mindset? Is it who cares now, or is it you know, let's try as hard as I can? What what? You know, 59s don't happen every day, although they happen more frequently yeah. these days. What was the pro? You know, what was the thought with that?
1: Well, I mean, at the time, that that was probably late July, uh, something like that. And I did, um, I remember, I did 440 push-ups and 110 pull-ups before that round. Um, I, I actually my assist in my right wrist uh, was purely because of the push-ups that I was doing. Now, I, if I do them, I do them on my fist, but. um, but yeah, like, um, I was so, I was in such good shape and Saturday, just nothing went my way. Like it was one of those rounds. I actually eagled the first hole on Saturday and then shot even, which is like oh. catastrophic on that golf course. Um, you know, you just, you don't even know what the hell just happened and, uh, just nothing went my way. Nothing went my way, but I was hitting it great. So it was just like, you know, that's, that was just, you know, couldn't have gone any worse couldn't have got any worse breaks. And then Sunday I'm um, paired with some guys that I know, some friends and a couple of funny caddies in the group. And um, yeah, I was just so prepared and I knew how good I was playing. It just hadn't happened yet. And uh, just, I'm, I was, I putted really well at the time, but I was also hitting my, I remember that week up in the altitude, I, I I was, I think they're about 4,000 feet. I was flying my 7-iron, probably 205, um, you know, which, I mean, at that altitude, I would say it was, it was probably, you know, about 190 or so um, and uh, at sea level. But, uh, but yeah, I was just hammering the ball. Like, I remember I needed a birdie the last two holes, shoot 59, and I hit 6-iron, uh, 9-iron, 7-iron pitching wedge on two par because um, I was just hitting these big sweeping draws, and uh but they still had spin on them so it's not like they were tumbling much when they hit the ground but uh but yeah i mean all i did was just throw my body at it as hard as i could and i just hit these big draws um i hit i could hit my driver straight but when it came to irons they were considerable draws but uh yeah i mean it just kind of came together you know it was just it was just a product of hard work um and and you know, it just kind of came to fruition in that round. Whereas the day before, it was the exact opposite. So it's like, you know, you're in 37th, you're 10 back. Just see how many birdies you can make, and if you start making them, cool.
0: Yep, cool. Absolutely, and also you had another a tight six finish after that as well. So you're clearly at this point um because you shot 62. Uh, I believe it was the Albertson Boise Open as well. So you you generally were just absolutely striping it at this point, I presume, going into what would be going on to be your first year on the PGA tour.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had, um, a little time off, uh, after that, I didn't play in the, uh, the finals cause I had some shit going on with my family. But, um, but yeah, I ended up getting my first start at Sony and gotten the final group on Sunday there. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, uh, um, had a decent year on the tour, you know, made like 600 or just a shade short of 600. And, uh, you know, that was a hell of a lot more money than I would have ever expected to make in a year. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I, the 13 was, was the year I worked my, my ass off it down in, uh, St. Croix, um, which is an Island, um, in the U S Virgin Islands, um, uh, not far from, uh, the BVI's British Virgin Islands. Um, but but yeah, like uh, I, had, I had my little my uh, little training ground uh, getaway, you know, bubble that that I used and, and that worked out uh, with flying colors. So we
0: we think of, me and Jason were talking about this earlier. And this the Saint Croix where you base yourself as well now, don't you? You ever you know you go to practice and train and do you think that plays into your success in playing? You play well in the wind as you talked about. That, you got a final group in Hawaii, um, you know, just island living in island golf. Is there any link there at all?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the wind in St. Croix from December one through, uh, mid late May pumps 20 plus every day. And, and it's a really nice breeze. And, uh, you know, you're having to hit, you know, nine irons from 80 yards and stuff and, you know, just cool little shots like that. And, um, uh, I love like, you know, six irons from 136 and it's and it's blowing 28 in, um, <laughs> Just, just so many times I can think of shots like that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've always done good at the Bahamas events, whether I was playing good or not, just because I can hit the ball super low. And, and honestly, I, I think, uh, I mean, yes, that, that to answer your question, that, that absolutely is the reason I've done well in the win. But, um, but now this the way the golf equipment's gone, Um, you know, it's kind of away from my, like, uh, kind of natural way of playing, like the kind of old school, like open stance, hands really low through the hitting area, uh, a little higher spin, you know, lower of launch. Um, whereas now it's a high launch, low spin, um, bombs away. And, uh, so, you know, I know that's not a great excuse, but at the same time, I mean, my, the drivers, uh, back then were, were a hell of a lot different than they are now, and because uh, the technology is just going in the the way of flying it as far as you can. Um, but you know, I always, you know, I should have played in Europe because I, I think I could have done well over there because I know those courses are tight, and you know, you got if you can keep it low, that's that's a bonus. And uh, I really, I, I got a, I got an exemption of the Dunhill one year um, at St Andrews, and and uh, I was injured and couldn't go. But um, but yeah, I really. I when I was playing well, uh, it would have been awesome to have played over there more.
0: Yeah, because we would say you spoke earlier about the fact that you played some Scottish amateur events, and I wonder whether that sort of tied into it as well. And, you know, there's been a couple of guys, hasn't there? You know, Brits Kepka played over in the Challenge Tour, PTU line. And there's obviously, you know, a number of American players now. John Catlin's one of them. Um, so it wouldn't have been really interesting to see where you would have done with that. And do you think that's ever something in the future that you'd ever come back over here, or do you think now you're quite settled where you are, you know, recently engaged and things?
1: Uh, i mean i don't know uh you know i i'm going to really have to find some magic with this game um <laughs> it's uh you know if i was still like 27 28 uh absolutely i mean I, i'd love to be over there but you know i've got i've got about, you know 25 starts left and um you know i, I just i really got to i got a lot to prove to myself a lot of a lot to prove to my uh my my backer and you know, my sponsors and stuff so you know this year 2021 is a big year for me and i'm gonna i'm gonna work my my butt off and see what happens so um you know if i can salvage this this uh this game of mine in in 2021 then absolutely i would love to come over there but um but yeah in the meantime um, you know i've been on i've been on a bit of a downslope here so <laughs> um you know but i know it's in there and you know my my putting isn't as dialed but but to answer your question absolutely i would love to play in europe
0: well to quote the tweet that kind of led to this podcast is i've got a plan to not suck ass at golf next year <laughs> grinding real hard and stuff to accomplish it so that yeah. is where the mindset is right now
1: it is yeah and and i'm, I'm working with these uh military guys i mean one guy's uh He's got an injured back, um, Frank the Tank, and um, <laughs> in, in, injured back. And uh, Frank Anastasia, actually, uh, which is one of the famous uh, Italian crime families from uh, from uh, New York City. Um, his, I think his maybe great uncle was, was in the mob. Um, but um, anyway, this guy's a freaking legend, and he's training me for free, and we're just hanging out. Uh, but he's got a back injury, so he's about to be out of the military. And, um, he, uh, yeah, super cool dude. And, and he's, you know, got, got me on the right supplements and, you know, because Oh, before I worked out, I didn't really take a lot of supplements. I didn't get enough protein in, I didn't, you know, take the right vitamins and, and, and whatever. Uh, so, you know, these guys have kind of taken me under their wing, even though I'm 10 years older than one of them and, uh, seven <laughs> years older than the other one. So, um, uh, yeah, I got these, uh, young, just badass army dudes that are, that are helping me, um, you know, kind of regain my swagger on the golf course. So, uh, not that they're necessarily good players, but they know, they know their way around a gym. And, uh, and so I, I've been working out with them five, six days a week and, um, they're just super stoked to have me out there. And I'm so appreciative that they're even taking the time to do it. Um, but, um. But yeah, they're they're both officers in the in the army, and uh, um, I am absolutely working as hard as I can. You know, whereas the last time I worked out, I did it like three times a week. Now I'm five or six. You know, and I and I'm about five weeks in, and uh, with these supplements that I'm taking, I'm really noticing a big difference. So, you know, I think I think I've got a decent little uh, recipe. Well,
0: do you think that because Obviously, like you said, you, you worked out three or four times a week beforehand. I think you've always, obviously the aim is always to stay fit. And um, But but golf was always kind of a a sport where it wasn't, it didn't necessarily reward athletes, did it? You know, some of the best players in the world were, you know, overweight. They, you know, they yeah. they, they had an ability to shape a ball. Whereas now, do you see there's a, there's a dramatic switch in terms of athletes you know, performing better on the P.J. I mean, Bryson's obviously an example of it. I mean, he's going to a different length completely, but um do you think it's a necessary thing whereas five to six days is basically the minimum you can get away with now even sometimes
1: absolutely i mean it's um um it's it's do or die at this point i mean if you if you don't if you're not exercising i just don't see how number one you could have any longevity in the sport um and and you know typically people that aren't in as good a shape are out of the game a lot sooner i mean the i don't know the statistics but just friends that I know their careers fizzle out a lot quicker if they're not in the gym. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, try to name one player in the top 100 that not work in their oh. butt off in the gym. You know, I, I can't think of any, I mean, my good friend, Lonto Griffin, um, he's, he just, he's got freakish talent, but his, you know, maybe his head got in the way a little bit. And then, you know, he's just worked so hard and I've known Lonto since 2010 and, um he just worked his butt off and eventually it all just came together and now here he is and you know almost top 50 in the world so um shout out to lonto griffin one Mm. of my i mean i literally only watch golf if tiger woods is playing or Lonto's (laughs) playing
0: but it wasn't wasn't lonto working really hard with vj over the lockdown period I, i sort of noticed quite a lot of instagram videos with the two of them
1: oh yeah 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 um interesting little pair i mean Lonto's kind of a different dude like he you know um, he's, uh, he was raised in, like, kind of a hippie commune, um, but, and he doesn't eat meat, um, but he, um, but he's a freaking, like, he's a very different cat, he's very sarcastic, um, we have a very similar sense of humor, super dry, um, and, um, yeah, Lonto is a hard worker, man, like, he, he, like, he likes to play hard, but he, but, you know, but he works way you know the, the ratio. I mean, you know, it's it's ten to one, uh, working hard to playing hard. So he um he he's just the best, and and uh, he caddied for me a decent amount in two thousand fourteen, and now he's top fifty in the world. Mm. Um, so it's uh I don't know if y'all knew that, but um, no, absolutely not. No, L- Lonto Griffin, top fifty player in the world, caddied for me.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a hell of a change, isn't it? It's uh, and that's the thing is that people. I suppose, in a sense, it kind of you know goes against what I am about to say. But people think these guys come out of nowhere, um, and obviously, you know, six years' time he's developed into a top fifty player. But he was obviously, you know, well in tune with golf, and and he was on the bag with you, and and got a lot of experience probably from that. Um, and now it just shows what hard work and the talent. Because I think there is a lot of. A lot of talented players out there that would very easily slip through the gaps and and not be seen ever again because they just don't know quite maybe who to who to surround themselves with, where to go, what direction. If they miss a cut two or three times in a row, kind of give up very quickly. Whereas you know, if you do dedicate yourself to the game, you can expect results.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he he just works so hard, and he's just got so much talent. I mean, he's got he wears like a double triple x glove he's got a size 16 foot maybe 17 um you know he's just a he looks like he could play wide receiver you know and um he he's just he's super talented a lot more physically gifted than most but he was probably the best player in the world that didn't have status for uh, quite some time but uh anyways it all came together for him and um you know him and bj are they're they're kind of an odd odd uh friend group but you know uh BJ's taking him under his wing and, you know, he's getting to work out in his mansion on the ocean. So, you know, how can you... It's not a bad life, is it? (laughs) You can't turn down that option. I
0: don't want to get too far away from the Sony Open that we were obviously speaking about just before. And um, you you say you got yourself into the final group and you shot 69, 66, 64 to get there. One shot behind Chris Kirk, who's obviously a very good golfer as well. Um, Was that... I, and obviously, it didn't work out that final round. Um, but you didn't—you didn't play terribly that final day. By all means, it was just a case of I think the the scoring that was required on that on that final day was super low. And again, was that was that nerves that got in the way, or just the fact that people were just shooting ridiculous scores that day?
1: Uh, it was all nerves, yeah, all nerves. Yeah, um, yeah I just you know, I'm 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 got basically the opposite mindset of most of these guys. I mean, I I just knew that no matter what happened, I was still going to make a good chunk of change that day. And, you know, I just, I just don't have the same mindset as everybody else. I mean, I wasn't accepting defeat by any means, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, when I finished in a, I think it was a 13 way tie for eighth place, (laughs) um, or maybe it was a, yeah, it was something along. Yeah. 13 way. tie.
0: And,
1: and I just, you know, they're just like, you know, I walk out of the trailer after I sign the, uh, cards and, They're like, oh, you know, a couple one reporter walked up to me. I'm "I'm sure you're disappointed. I was kind of like, I just made the biggest check of my career. Um, (laughs) You know, like that was my answer. And they're like, huh, you know, that's not what I was expecting. Um, You know, because some people would be like hanging their head. But I was like, screw that. We're going to the bar. Um, And, um, you know, it was just uh, I'm just so I was always just so dumbfounded by how much they pay out there. And, uh, so every time I had success at you know, anytime I made a cut, I was stoked. Like I'm one year I MDF to Pebble beach and the check was thirteen two, And I was just like doing cartwheels in my hotel room. Um, whereas most people would be like, Oh, I'm not playing on Sunday, but you know, I still got paid, you know, I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Um, you free trip to Pebble beach. Like, let's go. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was definitely, uh, um that day went fine by all accounts you know my opinion
0: well i was gonna say i was it kind of the thing i was gonna say was it the best thing for you in the sense that you got some confidence knew you kind of belonged on tour from your very first start that year or did it sort of hold you back it clearly didn't hold you back so i guess then it did give you the confidence and kind of the appreciation of the money and and the enjoyment that you could get from playing on this tour
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was epic. I, I was um, I was so excited about that week, and then, then I went through a lull didn't play well. Obviously, Torrey Pines is really difficult, and um, missed the cut there, and then made the cut at Pebble. Didn't really get anything else for a while, and then did all right in uh, Puerto Rico. But I ended up having a fourth and uh, a couple of really solid finishes in, in good tournaments. Um, but uh, but yeah, it you know that that whole. Year, here in 14 was was uh was just kind of like a whirlwind I just remember being in the scoring trailer with with tiger and just seeing him walk around and I was more just a kid in a candy store you know I was just wide-eyed and just you know I just couldn't believe it uh, I just I just couldn't believe that I was there and then I was still able to you know scrape together a top 150 finish on the money list and, and keep my card so then at 15 I just went oh. absolutely ape ape shit out there so it was um it was, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, it was a, su- a sweet ride. I mean, I wish I would have gotten a little bit more out of it because I know I played good, but I just, I didn't get that many starts those first few years because statistically getting your card in 2013, 14 was the worst year to ever get your card because you got the average starts was like 16 or 17 starts for the foreign ferry graduates. And, uh, you look that up. Um, Normally you'd get 26 starts, um, but I got 15. Wow! Um, so that that's that's taken into account, and so I was able to make that 600K, or I think it was. If I say I don't know, it was 586. Um, uh, <laughs> y- you know, I, I keep up with all that stuff mentally, but um, but yeah, like um, that year was a very very hard year for rookies to keep their card, and I was able to, so you know that was yeah, that true. was a show that I
0: belonged. Jason, have you got any more to touch on that one before?
2: No, not, to... not not on fourteen. No, I mean, you know, like you say, it's it's a, it's a great first year. You've worked your way into it, and and it must have been, you know, to end you end the year tied fourteenth at the Sanderson. I mean, you must have been under some sort of pressure to uh, do something there to keep your card. You're obviously aware of of what you need to do going into those sort of tournaments, aren't you?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, but I got the event in Malaysia. Um... You know, yeah. and that, that, that was able to get some, st- you know, a couple starts in the fall there, even with uh, 126 to 150 status. So, um, you know, I, I didn't do well in Malaysia, but I still got seven or eight FedEx Cup points. And, you know, the, the trip was paid for. And I think I still made, you know, 20 grand or so. And, um, or, or whatever it was. And, uh, and then I did good at the Sanderson, which was mm. either like 60 grand or 80 grand or something like that. I don't really remember. I just remember taking my sister and her husband in a limousine to the Alabama Auburn game.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't, uh, didn't, um, shy away from, from having fun after I did well, but, but yeah, I mean, that, for the end of 14, having those good finishes was, was awesome. And then 15 was 15. just the year from, you know, that was the best year ever on the golf
2: course. 15's at 15 is just amazing, isn't it? I mean, you really, it's it's only lacking that number one, isn't it, really? Um, yes. You know, five top tens, uh, that second at Barbasol. I actually, when I was re- re- sort of researching this, I found um, the Golf Channel clip or whatever it was at Barbasol, and you had um, three of the top five shots of the week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, go saying like Wilcox, Wilcox, Percy, Percy, Wilcox, something like that.
1: Yeah, 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 it was wild. I mean, um, I um, it was uh, in front of my hometown crowd, and um, you know that I think hundreds of people from my hometown came down there, and you know, there's there's maybe 150 golfers in that county. And to have hundreds of people drive two hours from my hometown to come watch me, uh, but I was just striping it. And um, you know, I'm in Alabama. I'm playing with Jason Gore, which was awesome because he's super cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was that was a life changer that that tournament. And uh, um, I mean, my chipping was so good then, and uh, my putting was not great, but uh, but the ball striking was stupid. I think I mean I was. I think two in total driving. I think I might have been one in all-around uh, or ball, in ball striking. And, um, yeah, that year, I mean, to go from – I still struggle with this mentally. I was number one in ball striking in 2015, and here I am in 2020, like, trying to find my game. It's just like, how does that, how does that happen? Um, but that's golf. But, yeah, I mean, you
2: look at, we, we spoke about how you grind throughout a tournament. I mean, Puerto Rico, I was looking at, you made the cut by one in 105th place. Oh, no, sorry. 105th after the first round, make yes. the cut by one, fifty seventh, and finish six. And it, it just, like I said to you earlier, that continues a the theme throughout your career. And I, I think that's, you know, that's incredibly admirable.
1: Only um, one shot
0: out of the playoff as well, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. One shot out of the playoff. Yeah. And, you know, it was unfortunate that there was five guys in that playoff. Um, But, uh, but yeah, and then I, then I went to the next week. I paired with Jim Furyk on Sunday and, uh, you know, finished like 30th or 33rd mm-hmm. or something like that. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I'm playing well, it's just my nerves and my brain that keeps me out of it. And then when I finally let go, I attack. And uh, and but you know, I haven't I haven't really gotten those those good uh, good juices flowing since 2018. Um, but I mean, I, I started off 19 with two fourths, and this year I got off to a good uh, you know a, a fair start. And, but yeah, I mean, I only played a couple of events this year, so I'm not really worried about it. But, but yeah, yeah, a big opportunity next year. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a year of, of redemption for me. I, at least I hope it turns into that. And because um, I definitely, you know, if I can if I can get as close to 40 as possible doing this, I mean, that's huge. Because I'm just gonna get a house on a lake in Alabama and chill out. Um, <laughs> And, uh, just, you know, I'm not moving to, you know, I lived in Jupiter for five years and, mm. and, uh, you know, luckily didn't get crushed too bad down there. Cause I made a little bit of money on the house, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been, I've been paying my parents mortgage for, you know, seven, eight years and, you know, I give everything that I can to my parents cause it, it, they've, they've been there for me. And, uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to support my family and, um, Try to play and uh, you know avoid having a job for as long as possible.
0: The thing is, is that you know professional golfers and and athletes in general. I think, especially in basketball and American football, there's a lot of talk about uh, paying back your your parents, you know, for what they did, sacrifices they went through, etc. And and that's all well and good when you're, you know, number one player in the world or you're, you know. uh, on million dollar contracts a week in, in American football. But the fact that you give everything back now, even, you know, when you're limited resources and not making a ton of money every year, uh, is that, you know, based on kind of the rough start you had as a,
1: as a junior and, and
0: a college career and things like that? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, just you know, my dad's got back problems and, um, and, and my mom is just an angel. Um, so <laughs> I, um, I, I, I'm, I would say it, it mostly is, uh, just cause I'm a big fan of my mom. Um, but, uh, she, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's cheap to live in Alabama and if I can pay pay their mortgage payment, that means that they don't have a house payment and that means that they can kind of live a little more fancy and, you know, I just want them to, but yes, they bailed me out of trouble a lot. A lot. And, and, and that's, that would be the main thing, but more than anything, just my mom is, the most important person to me in the world so um and i say that, that knowing she'll probably never hear this but i tell her that too but um but i mean i'll, I'll tell her about this interview but um, yeah. but, but but we'll uh, make sure but, she
0: listens to it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah hopefully i'm sure she will um, because she, she's not going to work because of covid right now i mean she's still working her butt off but um she's not uh, you know nine to five on the grind but um but, yeah, yeah, it's it's just more because, the, yes, mom's always there. She never gave up on me. Um, and uh, just I like her to live a little, you know, upper middle class lifestyle as opposed to, you know, having to, count, you know, mm. cut coupons and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, that's, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, um, although it's great to have, you know, million-dollar paychecks and, and win a lot of tournaments, things like that. That's what it's all about, isn't it? If you can, if you can make a living out of for yourself out of playing golf and support your family in the, in the meantime as well, then you know you're really getting everything you want out of it. Um, 2016 Players Championship, Will. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've yeah. relived this a few times. Um, I watched the video three times back-to-back yesterday. Right. Uh, it's hard not to. <laughs> you, um, it's fair to say you got excited about that hole-in-one. Um, I think yep. that it was, I can't remember exactly how many years, but it had been a, a long time, hadn't it, since there had been a hole-in-one at that hole? 14. Um, 14 years, there you go.
2: 6, 6,300 right. 3, 6, tee shots.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's just crazy. A okay, bit of when they told me. me that, I
1: couldn't, couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> and uh, what I find great about it, not only your reaction, but to me, as soon as that ball landed on the green, you appeared to know it was going in. Is that true?
1: Um, I mean, I knew the slope was at 140, and I knew the wind was helping, and I knew I kind of chunked that pitching wedge a little bit. Um, <laughs> and and, and it was, it, the wind was out of the right, and it was a back left pin, and I play a baby draw. And it started on a perfect line. And like I say, I, you know, it was one of those where you, it felt like just a baby chunk. So it wasn't going to like nip. I mean, it did. It bit. It looked like just a well-hit pit shot. But uh, but being a full swing, it, 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 it was going to roll out 10 feet. And it was just one of those I could just tell that it, was, it just looked really, really good. And, and I was thinking, okay, this is going to fly straight into that slope. But I swear a gust just like just gave it a little push. And, uh, it flew that extra yard or two is where it would land on the top of the slope and then have a chance to release. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Tringali had just hit it super close and then, um, I, hit, and I knocked it in and then in summer, Hayes knocked it close. So that, that pin was right. And, uh, <laughs> and the day before, I think we all birdied it as well, but, um, but yeah, yeah. When that, when that thing landed, it was like, Oh my God, this looks great. And, and there was probably, uh, eight or 10 people that, you know, uh, but my, my uh, sister her husband my mom dad um and then then the first few people i high five to the right of the tv um are all good buddies and they've all got know, a
0: broken wrist as well yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean
1: yeah you, you'd have thought um but but i connected on all of those high fives so um i could have hurt myself had i not but um but yeah it was it, it, i was starting to play really bad and you know, I'm like, oh god, here we are. Let's go to the players. This hard ass course, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here and hopefully not embarrass myself. And then in the first round, I played well. And then in the second round, I was just like, you know, God, making this cut be so cool. Last place is like 25 G's, and you know, I mean, which is a, a very odd way to look at things, but it, it simply is the way I look at things. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in my hometown, you can get like a decent house for 50 grand. Um, like, no kidding. Like no kidding, and and so it's like, you know, I just any any anything that I make on the golf course is just a bonus. Um, so anyhow, I really wanted to make that cut, and then when that went in, I moved to like sixth place or something. I still had ten holes to play, but but it was just kind of like I would have had to do some pretty gnarly stuff to miss the cut. But I mean, I'll, honestly, when it went in, I was just like, oh, sick. Now I'm probably gonna make the cut.
0: Um, <laughs> How hard so, is it to calm yourself down? Because 18 is not, not an easy tee shot. There's no gimme with all that water there. and You've got to calm yourself down after such a good hole.
1: Wind was down out of the right. So, I mean, it was more out of the right. So, I mean, I literally aimed like right of the cart path. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm aiming 70 yards right of the water. And, <laughs> and 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 if I hit it dead straight, then I was just going to pitch it over the trees and wedged up on the green and two-puffer bogey. Uh. Um, but uh, or or whatever, and uh, I ended up making a really nice par, and then I birdied two, and after I birdied, you know, par par eighteen one birdie two, and then I think they blew the horn, and we had a few holes to go, but um, because of rain, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean it was just like sweet. Now I can play the weekend in this thing, and then uh, and then they kind of lost the greens, and they freely admit that they lost those greens on Saturday. Um, the average score that day was you know, 78 or something and, and it was like barely blowing they were expecting um, I guess uh, high humidity and they got really low humidity and uh, in higher temperatures than they were expecting so the greens got baked out and they were legitimately running like a 15 something and um, Freddie Jacobson, that was the week I believe that you know he had just gone 178 rounds or something without a 3 putt and he had 2 3 putts and a 4 putt that day <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, says everything you need to say, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was wild. But uh, yeah, the hole-in-one was uh, the hi- highlighting moment in my career. And they sent me a really cool like, collage plaque, like legit thing from the tour. And it says it was one of the greatest moments in Players' Championship history. And I'm just like, all right, relax on that one. But, but yeah, <laughs> it was definitely, you know, for finishing 72nd, it was still like life-changing. Do you
0: think, because I look at someone like Joel Damon now, and he... Freely admits he said it to on a few podcasts now that he only plays golf for money. Like he ha- he doesn't have any aspirations really to to win. If it happens, great. Um, but you know he does it because he can't make as much money doing anything else. Which is and sometimes I think he gets criticised for that. Some people find it really relatable. Do you find because obviously you've had a, a career of winning tournaments at every level you've played at except for the PGA Tour, although you've come close in that as well. Um, do you think the that, that you know, being so content with making the money and making cuts, maybe inhibited you going on to win things. Do you think there's a another level of intensity you'd have to find to get those wins at the top?
1: Definitely. I mean, I you know, I only play to make money. Um, I I I commend Joel for that uh, attitude. Um, that's a it's just dead on. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I, I I couldn't care less if I win ever. I couldn't care less if all I care about is is living comfortably, providing for my mom and um and and not having a job um so that's kind of the main thing you know i don't have to have a job um and uh yeah i mean i don't care if i ever win but i want five years uh, just then you're fully vested um but uh yeah i i absolutely uh am exact same uh, mentality as uh as joel on that one
0: But that's the thing, isn't it? I think that some, we we kind of, I suppose, golf fans, golf media, kind of look at uh, all golfers as the same, right? So, you know, Tiger Woods is this guy that's grown up and he's a winning machine and and nothing else matters but golf, um, winning titles. You know, he had all the money he needed from a very early age. So I think that frees him up, doesn't it? You know, by 99 or 2000, he never needed any more money ever again to live comfortably. So it could easily be all about winning. When you've got when I guess you come from humble beginnings like you have and, and things that, you know, it becomes, you know, like Jason and I, we, we have jobs because we want to support our families and things like that. And that's, that's exactly what it is for you. It's just that you can do it by enjoying and playing golf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same, same deal. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's not punching a time card, but it's, uh, it's similar. And, um, yeah I, I just yeah I, it's very a means to an end i mean i love to play and it's you know i love the the way people treat you when you're playing well and conversely when you're not playing well it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a little different um and unfortunately in the last year i've had to kind of see people you know they, they just they don't know what to say to you either you know they almost feel they feel so bad for you like oh my god poor guy and it's just like no not poor guy like you know, <laughs> Start throwing out numbers I will um but I'm not going to um but yeah it's it, I just look, look at it like a like I'm a you know you know for a couple of years here it was like I was a brain surgeon or something you know it was, just, it was like making that type of money I mean um and you know I, I had a one friend that said to me um he's an electrical engineer no mechanical engineer um and he goes He's like, you know, that one year you had on the tour, it would take me 22 years working as a mechanical engineer to make that. <laughs> yep. And so when when you hear that, it's just like, holy shit, you know, I, I don't have a college degree. I I don't have um, anything like that. And um, so, I, you know, it's just it's against all odds and it's just a cool way to make a living. And I just I really hope I can salvage uh, this this damn thing next year. I just, you know, that would be. That would be really cool to get another four or five years out of it.
0: Absolutely. Well, talking about Tiger Woods, um, obviously you've spoken of your admiration for him. Um, I think I read a story that you kind of upset him once, and and you know it feels like you've never been able to kind of repair that. Was it? Were you videoing him on the range or something, making a swing?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had. Um, I just downloaded Snapchat, and I didn't really understand much about it, and um, <laughs> and I, I didn't know that I didn't know your thing was public. <laughs> um, and so so i you know and I, apparently i had a lot of followers and um so i videoed him hitting balls pre uh the unveiling of his new club sponsorship after nike stopped or i i uh, think uh, it was. <laughs> he was hitting the white-headed tailor-made so it was so obvious what he was hitting on the range and um yeah sure enough uh tiger found out and um apparently then and they may have been messing with me um but but apparently he was you know i was still on the tour at the time and apparently he wasn't too excited about it so um which which i understand and and, and they even had the gall to say like it, it affected his tailor-made deal in some way which is <laughs> that's total crap but <laughs> but,
0: but
1: yeah yeah, yeah that, i'm I sure was, he did okay of you know, it i think he's gonna be fine and um but yeah i, I was so mortified that i could you know but at the same time i was like hey he might know who i am now
0: <laughs> who, get his attention.
1: well who did you upset more tiger at that
2: time or brendan Steele with your drake um, yeah love? um
1: brendan was pretty um he was concerned about that whole scenario and 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 i looked at it, he was like dude i'm you know he's like we need to just you know put this thing to bed and you know you know that was was really childish the whole thing was and mm. i was kind of like i was like dude i got i mean that i think i got like a couple thousand followers off twitter check. from that yeah you um, which is you know childish and who gives a shit but <laughs> but it was still like you know i was like dude it worked out great for me i was like and <laughs> everybody loves me now and nobody really likes you um so um <laughs> you know i i would trade places with brendan Steele any day of the week i, I respect him more than i mean nobody knows who brendan Steele is but he's made a sneaky like 25 mil um so you know he he's a he's a legend in my, in my book but but yes he he definitely he ratted me out to the tour for playing uh vulgar music on the driving range i, I, I like the way you said i like the way you said in sweet if you
2: did just asked me to turn it off i wouldn't have yeah <laughs> you
1: know? yeah i would have been
2: more than <laughs> happy to. Uh, yeah I, I, that's, that's right yeah
1: quite right you, mean,
2: life isn't it it's just life you know let's let's get on with it yeah, yeah exactly
1: yeah I was like, and, you know, and it made me look kind of cool in the end and it made him look kind of not. Nice. So it was just, uh, but, but at the same time, I mean, who's having the last laugh? Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But I suppose that's like you say. I mean, you've gone from upsetting Tiger Woods on Snapchat to uh, upsetting Brenda Seale on the driving range. And uh, Tiger knows who you are now. And, and Drake called you, was it Wave God? Or gave you a nickname with some descriptions. So, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, bad way to upset people and get out of it, is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and everybody, you know, people bring it up. And it's a funny story. And, you know, it's always a good one to, to, to tell people about. So, but yeah, I mean... No, they they all worked out for the for the best. Mm. Nobody was nobody was really hurt by any of it. It was all good fun, and then uh, I love telling the stories you now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Uh, any any other things you want to cover here? No, I mean just obviously the
2: last four years have been you know a bit of a struggle. Um, okay. You know, you called 2017 catastrophically bad, um, and that's after you signed with with DraftKings. I know you you're not allowed to advertise. You weren't allowed to advertise if you like, so much on the course. Um, you've got obviously those Bahamas finishes that, that really are the only thing that we can talk about over the last four years. And we've yeah. explained why and, and fully appreciate your play in the wind. Is it injury that's done it? Is it? Is it? Because I now, obviously, you've discussed about working really hard now. We've interviewed a few people. Scott Stallings, you'd know, um, who've said that despite his wins, um, he's been working really hard on his fitness and his weight. Uh, we've interviewed players that you may not know from over here. That have, set, that have been really good junior players that haven't gone through it and have now made big changes. So there's new caddies or new regimes, and you sound like you're doing the same. Um, so yeah. all I really want to know is, has it been injuries or has it been – you called yourself lazy in one of the interviews I read. What – what, you know, what's yeah, – at the end of the day, what's the reason?
1: Um, I mean, the, the wrist injury in 16 didn't help. Um but, uh, you know, I would say smelling the roses a little too much has a little bit to do with it, but, but more than any, the, the wrist injury, injury definitely doesn't help. And it, it does nag me to the, to this day, but, um, and it, it kind of is, you know, I think assist or assist is kind of like, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about, but, but like, I would say it's kind of like a gout situation where if you drink too much or eat, eat crappy and you know, things like that, then the little inflammations in your body are going to be, um, are going to, are going to come out. So I would say that it has a little bit to do with that. And, um, you know, I I just, I get to where I'm, you know, just pissed off about playing bad. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm not even going to touch a club for a little while. And, but now I've, I've rededicated myself and I'm, you Mm. know, I'm taking taking all the right steps, but, and in 18, I I had a, I had a, a good year. I was so close and, um, But, um, yeah, I, um, you know, probably a little too much, um, hanging out with the lady and, you know, going out to dinner and having that extra bottle of wine. But, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's a complacency thing. It's an injury thing. It's, um, it's wow. I've made a lot more than I would have ever expected thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but now, now that my back's against the wall, that, that, generally when i can kind of turn things around but uh yeah i'm just clinging to that 2018 season where i was like okay you know i almost had it there um and uh so so, yeah i'm just hoping uh i can can find that find that swagger again but but yeah it's it's a mixture of uh being lazy and uh and and the wrist kind of bothering me and and also my putting you know putting has a lot to do with this this sport obviously and um And, you know, my
2: putting just, it's not as magical as it once was. Can can I ask you, sorry, sorry, Tom. Can I ask you as a player as well, just saying I've I've always been interested in. It's not necessarily the hole in one, but you look at a par three. Yeah, let's call it 180 yards. Doesn't really matter. Pretty innocuous par three. Yeah. Why is it such a struggle, 180 yard par three, as opposed to putting you on a fairway with 180 yards, uh, you know, on a long par four? Not you, but but generally, when when you, obviously you, you when you're watching, I know the greens are, are built differently, obviously to make it a more difficult hole. But what yeah. is that difference in the in the mindset?
1: Um, I mean, I guess that par threes are definitely looked at. I would say 180. I would I would say more of like a 200 yard shot from a fairway and a 200 yard shot from a, a par three tee. Um, the 200 yard par three is like, oh man, this is one of the harder holes on the course. But then you've got a 500 yard par. that you have a 200 yards into it it maybe doesn't look as difficult um and i would say a lot of it has to do with the way they design uh, the i would say the greens are a little more funky on a par three but but no i I definitely hear what you're saying and 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 it's a lot of it's mental I, i would say you know people people can struggle on par threes you know and and uh and i don't know i mean uh, you know a par 3 like uh, it seems like a two shot swing is yeah. a lot easier to occur on, on on a uh on a par 3 a two versus a four and um i mean i don't know it's one of those weird golf things where it's the same club it's it's the same shot but but it's but I would say they trick up the par threes more and they tuck those pins just a little bit more. I, I, I would, you know, the pin placements have a lot, a lot to do with that. Mm. Um, that, that. That would be my, uh, yeah, decent opinion.
0: No, no, anyway. no, no, fair Do enough. you think also maybe it tends to the fact that when you, you stand up to a par three, I mean, this is talking from a completely amateur point of view, but, you know, if I'm on a par three, I kind of feel relaxed that so I can just kind of hit one and, and, and that's it. And and maybe you're on, the, on the a PJ tour and that level, you kind of think, right, I'm on a par three. I need to bird hits or I need to get close. And there's certain par threes you can't attack like that. But is it a case of maybe getting too aggressive sometimes with those as opposed to taking par on a par four, for example?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the par fours that are difficult, you know, you're, you're totally cool with making par on. And um, mm. in the par threes, it's like, you know, making a nice up and down with a five iron is, is, is a big deal. Um, whereas just hitting the center of the ground with a five iron on a par four is, is just more just managing your game um but yeah i mean it's definitely um it's a mindset and um yeah the uh on par three if you see a, a sucker pin you, you, i think you're more likely to go for it um whereas on a par four you know the opposite
0: yes dear clear uh, you know you talk about clinging on to how you performed in, in 2018 i mean there was a four for second an eight for third you know a couple of opportunities to win there um get your card and things like that and and there's a, there's a guy, I think you know, uh, that we've spoken on the podcast before, John Peterson. He talks about um, how close he came to to certain levels. And it feels like you're both kind of at a stage in your life. I mean, you, you got engaged during the year. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, it feels like you're both kind of in the same stage of life where... Uh, you, you kind of had your fun. Um, you, you've had your kind of lazy period, or you're kind of maybe accepting your limitations and not pushing through those type thing. And, and now you're both ready to go and make his, you know everything that you can out of golf without putting too much pressure on yourself at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, how recently did you guys talk to uh, Peterson? Uh,
0: it was uh, back in April, May time. Yeah, totally. nice,
1: nice. And, and he, in 2021, he's he's going to make a, a good push for it. Yeah, that's awesome. He he's such a great ball striker. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he he's a very fiery player and, and gets down on himself. But uh, but yeah, I mean you know he's got I think he might have two little boys now and um, you know he has got a very comfortable life. He loves to hunt and fish and he lives on like a, you know his family's got a ranch in Texas and yeah he's just at a different point in life, and uh you know he's he started out so hot as a pro and, and uh, he was a can't miss kid. Um, now, you know NCAA champion. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a different mindset when you get into your 30s, just like JJ Killing, uh, who's become kind of a presence on, uh, social media. Yeah. Um, the West Texas Driving Retro, he, uh, he's, he's a, he's a funny dude. And, you know, he, I mean, he was so damn good. And, uh, but yeah, I would say we're all kind of in a, in a similar boat where it's just like, you know, kind of do or die, you know, now or never, uh, you got to get it rolling. And, uh, and if you don't, it's not the end of the world. We'll just uh, pursue other me- means of um, uh, of making money. But but yeah, I mean uh, Peterson was definitely one that uh, I never expected to uh, ever fall off the PGA Tour. Um, but he was sidelined by injuries as well. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean just getting older. You know, you're in your 30s, and not all your little buddies out there on the corn ferry tour anymore. They've either moved on mm-hmm. or quit.
0: Yeah, I just think that obviously not maybe similarities in your game so much but both dealt with injuries both um, both have kind of look, looking into this season as not you know a be all and end all but I think you've both got the characteristic that maybe when your back is against the wall that you should succeed even better because it's suddenly a case of you know you've got no choice this this is your way you've got 25 starts now to, to go and make as much as you can out of it and, and we both personally believe that you'll obviously go and make a success of that but it, it maybe takes that kind of moment to get there
1: yeah yeah it definitely takes a, a total refocusing of the mind and getting that hunger back um the hunger is so key um and uh i'm just trying to to regain that and in nineteen i didn't have it at all the pandemic kind of derailed me but um, but yeah like uh i uh i just i just gotta act like i'm 24 again and it's my you know first 25 starts and I, you know i'm just gonna and give them my all and and try my best. Whereas in other years when I had like, I mean, I have full status, but like, I'm going to kind of act like I have conditional just because when I have conditional, you're like, you have to play well. Um, And, and that always seemed to, to help uh, with the, uh, the, the work ethic leading up to it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing when, when we sort of mentioned earlier in the, in the thing is, is are you treating this as a second part of your career? And that was not to kind of say that it's like a last chance saloon, but you know, you're, you're 34 now, which isn't old like it's not old at all you can play yeah. golf up until you're uh, 50 i know you spoke about if you get to 40 and you're still playing you're happy with that but you know say in these 25 starts you, you you pick up a win you pick up two wins you know great do you do you see yourself just playing for as long as you can injury free health free you know if if you get back into the level that you want to be playing at
1: definitely i mean if i can if i i'll have a total Mental uh, resurgence. If if I can just you know get off to a good start, and all this uh, hard work in the offseason pays off. So um, yeah, I mean I I'll, I'll definitely regain that hunger if, if I start getting the results. Because I mean you get the you get the confidence from the good results. So uh, and and from and from working hard. But but more than anything, with you know if your bank account's going up, I mean things are going well. So um, but yeah yeah I hope I can get that. I hope I can get that um that. Just hunger. That's the main thing. It's just you gotta be hungry, because everybody else is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you say. It's been a, it's been a tough year for everyone, hasn't it? It's, you know, it's not been ideal for anyone. There's been uh schedule issues all around the place. And and 2021. Are, are we gonna see uh, much gold from you before then, or is it 2021 a fresh start?
1: Um, uh, 2021. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna blame this little pro-am thing december 3rd but uh, but other than that i mean I'm, I'm just gonna yeah play my corn ferry
0: schedule and enroll absolutely jason anything else at all before we wrap this up and let we'll get out to his uh practice and yeah sorry yeah so
2: well no just it happens every three years so we're looking for 2021 2015 great year ranked number two in all-round ranking just behind jason day in front of Dulden spieth 2018 obviously you've done really well um ranked top 20 all-round on the on the corn ferry tour so 2021 is clearly your to- clearly your year. So it's every three years. Um, Will, can I just have a few words on literally just a few words on some hot sort of golf topics uh, over here? Number one, who's going to win the Masters?
1: Um, mm, I mean, I'm Tiger Woods doing through. Um, to see him defend would be, I mean, that would be so big for the game. Um, so I always, you know, I mean, I I'm taking Lonto at two hundred to one. I know that. Um, and uh and, and, and Tiger. Um, I mean I think is always a force to be reckoned with. Um, but uh, and I don't know if Shambo's game's necessarily set up for Augusta, but uh, but I'm, I'm my picks are, are Tiger and Tiger Lonto and Rory. Um, that's who I'm gonna you know, put my my little bit of chunk of change on. So man, it'd be so cool to see Tiger get number sixteen.
2: Right, Bryson DeChambeau. Mad or genius?
1: Mm, i would lean in the genius category i mean he Mm, he is a he is a and and you know fitzpatrick he said like he was making a bit of a mockery of the Uh game but but i disagree with that statement because not everybody has the ability to fly the ball 350 yards Mm. so i don't think that's necessarily him doing anything i think that's his talent just being like i can do this why would i not um so uh but yeah I mean not that I don't respect Matthew Fitzpatrick what a freaking talent he is um but uh, but yeah it's uh I I, I love the way uh is going about it it's it it's mind-blowing because my brain just doesn't work like that um, <laughs> but uh mine's more just you know whatever um but his is uh he's he's just a very analytical smart guy and um you know he's one of the Great right. young American players, so I mean, hard not to pull for the guy. And um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I bet he'll have a, a, you know a top ten or something. But I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a Tiger Woods victory.
0: Just to elaborate on that one, just before you move on to another one, Jason, just on Bryson, I, do you think that that it's necessarily bad for the game? Because we did a whole podcast um, about the fact that because everyone's basically saying that the long driving is killing the game and what bryson's doing is making a mockery like fitzpatrick said like many golf outlets have said um and the way i look at it is that the longest guy on tour has always been one of the more successful it's always been advantageous and really you know yes he has these outrageously long drives but his average is not that much higher than it ever was before um it's just maybe a case of uh, the fact that he's possibly not the most likable character, although I think again that's maybe just misconstrued by the way that that he goes about things compared to everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean he um, he just uh, has just a unique ability to to break the game down in a different way. And um, but yeah, he's he's a freaking stripe show, and uh, and and I, he doesn't go with driver every time. Um, when he does go with driver. It, it it goes farther than most, if not all, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the, the driving distance, the averages are, are a little bit skewed. Cause it's not like they're pulling out the, the big stick on all the, the driving holes, but, um, but yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's changed the, the way everybody's thought about it with the longer driver and everything. I heard Phil's going to put in a longer driver and, uh, a few other players. So, um, he's definitely making, uh, making waves in the game and, uh, I
0: think it's awesome. Yeah, and I just wanted to get kind of your your take on that because for me, uh, I find it brilliant. I think it, I think what he's doing uh, should inspire everyone else on tour to push their limits. I think that everyone else should strive to achieve that, and and the guys that kind of see it as unfair will just naturally get left behind because golf's going to go that way regardless of whether Bryson does it or not um and not being the longest driver yourself I just wonder whether you found it uh it makes you despondent or whether it does make you push to try and get that speed back and and gain those yards as well
1: yeah I mean I, I gotta you gotta be I think at least 115 miles an hour club speed and you know you're seeing his get up there in the mid 130s which is getting up in the long driving category um you know, I mean, the guys that swing at 120, which is, you know, more than um, more than it used to be, um, I'm, I'm only swinging at like 12 or 13 right now on 113, which is just just nothing. So, uh, yeah, I've got to get my speed up 115 plus and um, and, you know, I, I absolutely am doing a lot more in the gym uh, just like everybody else. Um, and so I, I need to uh, I need to strive to. To yeah, everybody, can take a page out of his book, and, and it seems
0: like everybody kind of has Yeah, sounds good to me. Right. Well, we're going to leave it there. We're going to let you get on with your day. Um, right. Thank you very much for joining us, both. It's been a, it's an absolute pleasure. And mm, thank you. We hope that you know when 2021 rolls around, and, and you start making those starts that you've got there, and and you perform well as we're expecting to. That maybe we can chat again in a year's time and uh, reflect on some of the changes and, and what's happening in your game.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's good good uh conversations. We have good things to talk about. But either way, uh I appreciate the time as well. And uh yeah, thanks for reaching out. Thanks,
0: thanks you well.
1: Yeah, thanks for a good man. Cheers. Good luck.